Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. For me, self-love is is the same as self-worth. So it's about valuing yourself enough to take that time to work out what you actually want in your life, in all the different areas of your life. I don't just mean your career or your family or where you want to end up living. I think it means about looking at all the seven different areas of your life and just taking that time, you know, the, the amount of time you would spend booking a vacation, right? Just spending that amount of time to sit there and say, well, what do I actually want in these different areas of my life? And then, taking the time to really feel what that would look like and then to work towards that and to have this kind of overarching purpose or reason for being. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Hey guys, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week I have a beautiful guest, the amazing Helen Marshall. Now for those of you in the wellness world, you're probably very familiar with Helen as she has an incredible mission to empower people to be accountable to their purpose, but to do that with a beautiful new business model of freedom that she calls the Primal Lister License. Now, this beautiful English lassie um, lives in WA with her amazing Kiwi husband, Mike, and their two beautiful kids. But Helen has a phenomenal story. She gets the struggle that so many people face around health and wellness, and particularly around the foods to eat, given her own personal uh, story and the experiences and everything that she's been through. You will get to hear someone with real grace and grit. You will also get to hear a story of a woman who does not take no for an answer. And even though she was trained a certain way of beliefs around health and wellness herself as a personal trainer, uh, an aerobics instructor, and you can imagine the whole low-fat, high-carb revolution, she also found a way to open her mind and heart to see that there is a new way, there is an alternative, there is a better way. And maybe what we were told back in the 80s and 90s is not necessarily the best thing for our health. 
I particularly love the way she talks about her struggles and basically tells us all to live our purpose with real passion. And if anyone is an example of that, I am sure you will agree with me that the beautiful Helen is exactly that. I really sincerely trust that you will lock yourselves in and listen to this one. There's some real pearls of wisdom. I love her accent and I absolutely love this amazing soul's Uh, not only her journey and story, but the way she loves to share her passion with people. And this woman really is truly making a difference. If you don't know her, go to the show notes to follow her on primalalternative.com. Make sure you follow her on all the socials. You're going to love this interview. Take care, everybody, and enjoy the show. So it gives me huge pleasure this week to introduce you to one of my now, who I would really actually call a dear friend. I'm so grateful that we've met through the wellness industry and the amazing Helen Marshall, as you heard in my intro, is someone who I have a lot of respect for and certainly enjoy hanging out with whenever we're at summits and working together. And I have to be honest, her foods, her company, Primal Alternative, are the best on the market. And I just want to say to you, Helen, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. Oh, thank you, Kim. What a lovely intro. Seriously, they're like, oh, I think I might re- rewind that and have that as an Insta quote. <laughs> Thank well, we do love you. We all love you in the wellness world. And and I just want to get, kick straight off with, you know, lead us into a little bit about who you are for people who don't understand you, what you've come from. We know you've got an accent there. So maybe share with us just a little bit of a, a history of who you are and what led you to bring, being here today. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. And just to set the scene, I'm here in my lovely home office. I've got my uh, 28 oils on in the background. Seriously. Uh, you like you you the only you are the only essential oils that I that I like and I was never into them until I met you and then I gave you a hug one day and you just smell amazing I was like I need these smells around me all the time and we've got them everywhere you know we've got them in our little I got a a recipe from Alex Stewart uh, where she uses like a non-toxic um surface spray we put a few drops in there so I've currently got love which is your summer synergy blend and I just think, love, summer. It's just I so, so nice love you. Oh, that's amazing. Thank <laughs> you. I love that. I love that even more. Thank you, sweetheart. So every time I clean my benches, I think of you, Kimmy. Um, so, yes, you are very, very, we're very close in, in more ways than one. But, um, okay, so my little snapshot of a background is um, I'm originally from the northeast of England where basically if you know anything about the UK and the class system, if you have an accent like this, you're pretty poor and dumb and stupid and probably not going to go very far in life. Um, so to be able to, you know, live in Australia, to have more than like, you know, 250 square meters to live on and to have all of this open space and feel like landed gentry when you're not is sublime. And I, you know, really do pinch myself that we got to live here in the complete other side of the, the world and, and the journey that we took to get here. And, you know, it's been a pretty bumpy ride as most of our journeys have been. Um, but for me, predominantly, uh, my journey has been in the health and wellness space. So I started teaching aerobics from the age of 14. So I'm really bad at sports. Don't throw a ball at me because I'll just close my eyes and squeal. Um, <laughs> much to my husband's disgust. But yeah, aerobics, group fitness, gyms, helping women 
with their health goals is really what I love. Um, I then have been a recruiter as well for 10 years in the corporate world. And again, that was working with women, listening to their desires around how they wanted their life to look and how their work was going to fit into that. And then that all kind of like smushed together um, to create, yeah, Primal Alternative, which is my biggest offering yet. And uh, I feel like it's my life's work and my divine purpose, which is really just to make healthy eating easier for people. Like, you know, when you've been told you can't eat bread and you can't have cookies anymore, you can't just have a Tim Tam and a cup of tea on a night, it's pretty depressing. And so I'm here to make that journey, you know, deprivation free. But instead of just pumping stuff out in factories like big food companies do, where they don't really give a damn about your health or, um, you know, it's all about whether this tastes good and it's got the right mouthfeel and they can just sell loads of it to you, even though you're only supposed to have be treat-wise and just have a certain serving. You know, they, this is real food that's designed to really hit the spot with very small portions and it's homemade, which is the biggest exciting thing ever by people like you and I, Kim, who love real food and we've had that self-transcendence in our health journey where we want to go out and help other people um, with their with their journey and make life easier for them. But, but for somebody who doesn't want to reinvent the wheel and reinvent a brand because this space is so noisy, right? There's so many health and wellness influencers out there and it's really hard to stand out and actually make a business doing it. So I shared my successful model. I said, look, this works. Why don't you try this? And it's a very low startup. And now we've got a network of producers in four different countries across the world who are all baking from home, yeah, and, and supplying their community. So that's that's me in, in a little screenshot. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And I, I just want to just go back a little bit again. What was the decision to move to Australia, to leave where you were from and to uproot yourselves and, and start afresh here? Well, you know, I always knew, I don't know, it was just this knowing that where I was. So I, I moved to uh, Leeds in Yorkshire for uni and picked up the accent and didn't really put it back down. And, you know, I was there. I had a boyfriend, had a good job, had a car, a couple of cats and um, a house, you know, pretty pretty settled. And I just thought, there's got to be more to life than this. Is this it? Like, there's got to be more. So I decided to go backpacking across the world, but nobody wanted to do it because with me because a lot of people were um, – trapped by their credit card. You know, they'd, they'd got they'd racked up all these debts during uni and they had these credit card payments that they couldn't take a break from. And they, they were like, oh, I'll go, I'll go traveling later, you know, when I got on top of these debts. But I just thought, I don't want to wait. There's something for me. So I just kind of left my boyfriend, <laughs> gave my cats to my friend, rented my house out, went backpacking on my own. And um, a very sort of tenuous link. I had a friend who was, um, she was actually used to wax my legs, right? And she'd gone backpacking and she'd gone the right way around, right? And followed the sun and she was on her way home. And I thought, um, I'll meet her and I'll, I'll follow the, the winter essentially. So I ended up in my first spot was Hong Kong. And um, that's where I met one of my mates from uni who was into rugby. My now husband, Mike, was out there playing rugby He's from New Zealand, where all the good people are from. And, yeah, we met. And long story short, 
we're now married, <laughs> we've got two kids. And the reason we settled on Australia, because we traveled the world together, is that, you know, it was he's from New Zealand, I'm from the UK. So we're like, oh, well, we'll just stay in Australia because it's a kind of a neutral, <laughs> neutral place. And here we are and we absolutely love it. Seriously, this is my soul home. Um, and I'm so grateful. I'm never leaving here ever. And, and what part, why did you settle on where you are? So we were in Perth when, uh, when we made the decision of where will we live. And Perth was a beautiful um, city. It was a really good city for us. We had both our babies there. Um, I got my citizenship and, uh, you know, residency there and I had my first job and everything there, which it was really good. We got married there. It was all the, like, the, the milestones. But for me, um, Perth was just a bit, it was a bit noisy, you know, everybody living on top of each other. And I used to think there was something wrong with me, Kim, because I used to get so annoyed with noises, like working in a corporate office, you know, with all the different, everybody sat in little quadrants together and they'd be like, oh, shut up. Or someone would be having a Red Bull on the other side of the office and they'd be like, make them feel sick or warming up their like, you know, fast food in the microwave. Oh, it's disgusting. We need fresh air, want space, want stillness, solitude and silence. And I used to think there was something wrong with me. But my husband really understood me and he said, we need to move, babe, and we need to move to the country and it needs to be a wide open space. So we now live on the south coast of Western Australia. We live on 100 acres of pure wilderness. And, yeah, I've definitely got plenty of stillness, space and solitude. We get no phone signal, which is great, but we get really good Wi-Fi. So paradise. It's amazing, (laughs) isn't it, where we end up. I met my husband at the Wacker in Perth. So it's got a soft spot for me and I love coming to Perth. My skincare is manufactured in Perth, so there's a there's a definite affinity there and I absolutely love it when we come and do workshops over there and get to catch up with you. But, but you know, this podcast is all around self-love and so far what we've talked about is quite beautiful and delicious and, and it's got all the happy, happy feels. But you and I both know to get to this point right here, right now, there's been lots of challenges there's been times where maybe you haven't felt like it's all worth it maybe or, you know, there's been times when you've questioned it or yourself. Before we get into what those stories are, can you tell me what your definition of self-love is? Oh, wow, that's a big question. But I think for me self-love is is the same as self-worth. So it's about valuing yourself enough to take that time to work out what you actually want in your life, in all the different areas of your life. I don't just mean your career or your family or where you want to end up living. I think it means about looking at all the seven different areas of your life and just taking that time, you know, the, the amount of time you would spend booking a vacation, right? Just spending that amount of time to sit there and say, well, what do I actually want in these different areas of my life? And then, taking the time to really feel what that would look like and then to work towards that and to have this kind of overarching purpose or reason for being because um, I've had lots of times and even just recently I've just come out of a bit of a funk to be honest with you Kim and I was a bit worried about seeing you today because you're so nurturing and lovely that sometimes you know I just want to fall into a pile of tears every time I see you so it just make me want to just spill all my guts and tell you everything that's really going on um, but yes yeah, sometimes you know I, I just really feel like you know what's the point I'm a bit bored 
I want to pack it all in. Um, and I think that to, and I, I'm quite happy to, to sit in that funk while it's there and to really feel it and think, oh, what is this? What's in here? And just to be really curious and lean into it. But when I'm ready to get out of that funk, the biggest way for me to do it is to reevaluate my values and what I want. So I've actually got some kind of purpose and a mission to get me out of bed and to to feel to feel life because when you feel that disconnection from everything, it just feels like you're moving through life without tasting it. You know, you're just going through the motions and there's not really any joy in there. Hmm. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? And no one I know or anyone I've ever met has never not experienced a funk or not experienced that sense of loneliness or disconnect. Mm. So what have you done through those moments and and how have you personally got through them and how have you got to being the amazing shining light that you are, even though just recently you've experienced another? How do you keep showing up? Oh, well, I think... Um Lots of different things. I think the, it comes down for me, like to get in down to the basics. So when I was re- like when I was really in my health crisis, and my overriding um, symptom of the health crisis was chronic nausea. So I just felt sick all of the time. And so when you feel sick all the time, you get really kind of agoraphobic. You don't want to go out anywhere because you think, oh. What if I feel sick? I feel queasy and there's no fresh air. Like queasy, just that word queasy just makes you feel nauseous just thinking about it. And um, so for me that was because I was eating the wrong foods. And so that that's like kind of like the basics for me. It's like are the basics covered? Am I grain-free? Has a bit of grain snuck in there? Have I been eating a little bit too much dairy, too much alcohol, too much sugar? Because that's the first thing. I'm like so sensitive to that kind of thing. Um, and that can really, really affect my mood and, and have that, you know, that just that you just, when you're in, when you're sort of in flow and everything's functioning right on all sorts of different levels, there's just this element of fun and lightness to your day and shit happens because shit does, especially when you're running a business and you've got 125 people involved in that business that are all looking to you for support and guidance and leadership. Um, to make the big decisions, you know, and then you've got, you know, and then you've also got like family and a, and a ballet concert that, you know, you need to, to get some new tights for and, and a bun you, that you forgot you were supposed to be doing for Sunday. And then some, and then he's got the basketball thing and then there's a bill comes in and there's a little, little, all the things, right. It can be sometimes just like, Oh, FFS. I can't be bothered. What, what's the point? It's too hard. You start to get a bit resentful and snappish and it's, it's not very nice. But, yeah, look, I think that so once you've got the basics tidied up in terms of like your food and my sleep, movement, spending time in nature, those are all really like non-negotiables. Is that stuff happening? Because if it's not, then I'm really not much use to anybody at all. But after that, I think for me is having the support, so having a trusted group of women and my husband, but most of the other ones are women. <laughs> um, and they're, you know, people who I would call my business besties. I've got two business besties, one who works in the um, health and wellness world, our friend Joe Whitten from Quirky Cooking. 
we speak most days on WhatsApp Messenger. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a um, big communicator. I'm not a big journaler. I can't be bothered to write it out. It doesn't it takes too long to come out by hand, you know. But speaking things out, and I've, my other business besties in the UK, I've got um, a couple of like real life in person besties in town um, that I can really share everything with, and just say, what do you think about this? And then also within my business, I have um, two other women as well who are my kind of confidence, bounce this off, you know, with them before I then go and um, address the masses in terms of the other producers just to kind of test the water and see what the feedback is. So for me, yeah, it's the, it's the being able to confide in, in, a, in a kind of really intimate way about everything, whether it's perimenopausal symptoms or stuff with your husband or financial or business stuff, just having somebody there to talk to. And I think if I didn't have that, well, I would be a right mess or not here at all. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's that sense of community, right? And that sense of connection and knowing that we're also not walking this journey alone. I want to go back to something you said at the beginning around, you know, getting the basics right. And for many people, I I don't understand this, Helen, that so many people don't think about their body as the vehicle, the, the beautiful transporter that gets you through life. And if we look at a a Formula One race and we look at a Ferrari about to race, not only is it shiny and glistening and painted and everything is pristine, the fuel that goes into that car to make it run at the highest, most amazing ability that it has and the speed that's required and the demands that are put on it, it is the best fuel you will ever come across in the market today. So if I looked at our bodies as a Ferrari, the Ferraris of the human race, and I look at how we present ourselves to the world, I'm not saying you have to wear makeup or be dressed beautifully all the time, but there is an essence of people that do take pride in that. There seems to be a a more uh, inward love of self when they take the time. And I don't mean you have to dress in lots of expensive designer clothes. I just mean taking the time. I've got a couple of Italian friends that that think the way you dress from the shoes up is the most important things you can do. But as a general thing, you know, the way we present ourselves means something. But people and what we put into our bodies, what we put onto our skin, how we expect to show up and continually be the best parent, partner, businesswoman, employee, uh, friend, daughter, husband, son, whatever it is, it blows me away that people and even the medical world, generally speaking, don't seem to look at what this thing is that we put in our bodies. What was the the thing that happened for you to make you realize it was your food? Like I can imagine that didn't just occur in a moment. How did you work out that the fuel you were putting in or what was that story? Well, it actually did occur in a moment and um, I'm a big one for believing that we're all intuitively guided and um, that we have we ha- we don't need to go in, although it can be fun, we don't need to go and see a fortune teller or a psychic or, you know, I, I do these things too, right, because it's fun, but um, or pay somebody to access my guides and tell me, what to do because it's within you and that was a real breakthrough a few years ago when someone said to me everybody's psychic you know you just need to work out what your 
strongest um, psychic powers are. So whether you you see things or you hear things or you feel things, which is your most dominant clair, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, and just learn to trust that. A bit like, you know, you would go down to the gym and work your biceps. It's the same thing. Trust it, ask it questions, talk to it. Um, and so for me, the food thing was actually an intuitive hit. It was a, a, a voice that came through me, which happens quite a lot. You might say things are channeled, but it really does feel like that, that it sort of enters through the crown chakra and whoo, out the mouth. And you think, whoo, where did that come from? And I was having a chat to Mike, my lovely husband, and I was saying that how crappy I was feeling. And part of when you have really bad gut dysbiosis and depression and um, other mental health issues is you start to obsess about all the stuff that you just can't change in the world. And I was obsessing at that time. One of the things I used to obsess about was everybody getting sick and gastro and cancer. I think about it all the time. And, you know, I knew I'd be like, oh, I don't want to go down this route again. I know this is just, you know, my brain going down this dark vortex. You just can't suck your brain out of it. You know, you try and slap on positive affirmations like, you know, we've all read Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. It's like... I'm going to think positive things, but you, you can't. When, you, when you're depressed and your gut's completely out, you can't just will yourself out of it, you know? And so I was out this night in my, this was like the dark night of my soul. I was on the couch with my husband, absolutely in the trenches, the peak of my health crisis. And I was obsessing about the drug dealers in town. I don't know why, but, and he was like, babe, why are you talking about, there's nothing, you, you know, they're not, ransacking our house and stealing anything from us or forcing our kids into anything. It's just like, what are you, what are you thinking about this for? I'm like, I don't know. And then he, we started to talk about my health and I, it just came out of my mouth. I need to go gluten-free. Just pull, came out and I went, Whoa. and you know when you get that like kind of shivery feeling like, oh, there's something in here. And it was like the day before Good Friday, you know, when you just like to launch into hot cross buns and Cadbury's cream eggs and all of that associated Easter stuff. And I was like, no, no, that's it. I'm going gluten-free, which is a really interesting time of the year to go gluten-free. But I went straight. I'm very much type A. So when I'm in, I'm in. And so I went off to the supermarket, got some gluten-free bread, gluten-free pizzas, gluten-free cookies, came home. I was like, right, babe, poaches for breakfast. Let's go. Had this gluten-free bread. Don't get me wrong. There are much better products on the market now. But it was so freaking disappointing, Kim. It tasted like shit. And all of the stuff that was in it, like I'd been eating whole, you know, I'd been eating gluten and grains because they were healthy, right? But I'd been eating organic and I'd been eating um, healthy versions. Like I wasn't at Macca's drive-thru for breakfast, lunch and dinner ever. I was never at the Macca's drive-thru, you know. Um, But I was eating a lot of grains. And when I looked at what was in this bread, I was like, I don't mean, what is this shit? Like what are these ingredients? This can't be better for me than, you know, Helga's, which was our family staple, four loaves a week. Um, yeah, so that 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 was how it, it started. It was an intuitive hit, and that's what I've followed since then, you know, and as I've cleared up my gut and cleared up my health, that channeling, that intuition, it's like it's on tap. You're just like, what do I do in this situation? What do I do now? Um, and, and one thing that I've really, um, and I teach this to uh, coach this to primalistas as well. And it's my producers. 
when when you think about your business, it's really helpful to think of a business um, as a separate entity to you, an entity that doesn't have a voice. Um, it can't write emails to um, to people, <laughs> and, and and it needs you to represent it a bit like. Um, a minor or a child. So you're, you're, you need to look after this entity, this business entity. It's got its own energy. It's got a life of its own and it will guide you and support you and be there for you. But you have to, you have, to have its back. Um, and it can be a really helpful place to be if you want to make decisions in your business and you're finding it very personal. Now, I don't want to say this because I don't want to come across as someone who's a bit pushy or, um, you know, I don't want to say that to that person in case I, I offend them. But when you sort of look at it, well, actually, I'm just sticking up for this and we just need to get this to happen to protect the business can be a really um, can be really helpful just to get that personal feeling out of the way and to feel that it's not just you, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur um, and you feel like, oh, it's just me. It always comes down to me to make all the decisions. That's not true. That's not true. You have got this business partner, this other entity, intuition, guide, gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, that's always there for you. And that's in every area of your life. You're not on your own. Even just like, what shall I wear today? You can be guided as to what to wear today. And I agree with you, Kim, about making that effort. And you, I, I, <laughs> I have on stage and off stage days. So today's on stage, right? Uh, so I had another meeting before, so makeup is on, there's a bra on, a nice top, right? <laughs> doesn't really matter what's below here, <laughs> but it could just be my pajamas, right? But on offstage, and that's the day where you're, you're, you're public and you're talking and there's quite high, a lot of energy out. But on the other day, I have other days where it's offstage days and there's crop top mono boob bras and really baggy wasted pants and sloppy jaw tops with stains on them. And, and I like those days too, right? Those are days when you're going for a massage or you're just staying at home all day and it feels so good and everything's on email and, you know, behind closed doors. And that's really good too, to kind of like balance out um, the yin and the yang or, you know, I'm a Gemini. So there's, there's, there's two sides to that personality and I'm also an ambivert. So not extroverted, not introverted, some days really extroverted, some days super introverted. So, you know, like when we do the summit or something like that and we're on stage and, we're, we're, and when, when we're off stage, we're, we're all hanging out backstage or we're, we're speaking to people in the audience and then we're out for dinner with everybody and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and after that, it's like close the door and just lie in a dark, quiet room for a few days to balance it out, right? <laughs> You're amazing. You're absolutely right. I love that word, ambivert. I, I want to talk to you more then about, for someone listening to this who may not have tapped into that intuitive voice or may not really understand what is the the whispers going on. In other words, they're not feeling great. They're not at their best. They can't work it out. And, and when we do feel like that, the grind can get you down, right, and lead you down maybe into depression or certainly into a space that you don't feel your best. If we're not tapping into that, do you have any tips on how we can tap into it or what would be the best way to really acknowledge and honour that inner wisdom that we all have, but maybe through our dark times we forget he or she is there or it's there and sometimes we don't even know that it's even there? What's your tips on how to get in touch with that? 
It's so true. And other days you're like, I know I could, I know I could transcend this, uh, but I don't care. And you can all get lost and I'm just going to stay in it. And that's cool too. You know, like we're not just here chasing a fantasy of everything being positive and happy all the time and everything's freaking awesome because that's just half of life. So I think the key is to acknowledge that the shitty parts of life, the times when things don't go right or the, the conflicts or the health issues or financial problems or whatever it is, we all have had them. Like that's, that's life, right? That's, that's part of the whole of life. And, and it's not about, you know, denying that or trying to avoid those feelings because I always think there's a message in anything, you know, if, even if, and especially if somebody says something to you and it triggers you and you think, oh, piss off, for God's sake, can't believe they bloody said that, you know, then I'm like, okay, so what's in there? You know, for example, one of my producers was posting. So one of the things is when you're a primal alternative producer and you're making primal alternative breads and wraps and cookies, you can't make other breads and wraps and cookies, right? Because it's just a conflict of interest, right? We wouldn't. And there's one producer who's putting out these other products and sending them to recipe testers. And I was like, oh, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and she was like, I just wanted to try um, some of the recipes, you know, because I'm low carb and the wraps that you've got are not low carb. And I was like, you know, a bit pissed off. And I was thinking, well, what, you know, like it's hard to get low carb wraps, you know, because you, you've got to have the bend. So you need tapioca to make it bendy. And, and and then I was like, you just need to make a low carb wrap, bitch. You know, you, you, that's what, that's what this is. You need to. And it was the same when people were picking up my fruit toast and my zucchini bread and saying, oh, it's got too many carbohydrates in it for me. You know, like, oh, good on you, Linda, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then you're like, okay. So I need to make a low-carb bread. Or when people were going, oh, all I see is plastic. I just see plastic when I look at your stall. And then you're like that, piss off, Barbara. You know, you're ruining my life. I'm doing my best and it's got to be in a package. You know, the environmental health officer won't let me just wrap it in waxy wrap or a freaking tea towel and give it to you. You know, it's got to be like this. And then you start to research biodegradable cellophane packaging. And then you swap to that, you know, so every pissy offy moment, every trigger is an opportunity to do better. It's an invitation. Like what's the invitation here is something that I ask a lot. So when I was in my like total hell hole where, you know, all I could manage was the laundry and getting dinner on the table, like that was it. There was no global enterprise. <laughs> it was just basics and even that was a struggle and it was horrible it was every single moment of it was horrible but the thing the thing that got me out of that was was the food the food the food the food it always comes back to that for me and that's why that's how my contribution is to help people through food because I believe that that's the quickest hack to clear up your health to you know within a few days 28 days I was gonna say 21 but I'll say 28 (laughs) Because that's how long it takes to change a habit and to make it a new habit, a new, more healthy, positive habit. And the feedback is so quick and, and the transformation can be so quick. So, yeah, my, my biggest thing for people would be to clean up food, 
And then to truly trust that you are intuitive and you can hear your, your inner voice, even if you've got a really scientific background and this all sounds a little bit woo-woo. You know, it is actually scientific that thoughts become things. They do. Um, and we all agree that we're, we're just energy vibrating. So how powerful to then think, well, you know, I can create the future that I want and I am guided along the way and it's not just me on my own. It's great. Yeah, and I think it's powerful what you're saying because for many of us we either ignore that voice or we don't pay attention to it. I heard someone say recently we get um, taps, wax or max, max trucks. Um, so you get tapped where you might get a headache every now and again or every time you eat something, mm. a certain food, you get a headache and that's a tap. Or you get a whack, you get a migraine uh, because you've had so many headaches or then Sadly, you might find out there's a tumour or there's something where, where a Mack truck basically hits you, side on, hunt, front on, whatever. So I always ask people, what are the taps? What are the whacks and what are the Macs? Where are you coming mm. from? What's happening here? And, you know, sometimes people think it's just, oh, I've got a headache, take a Nurofen or I've got a back problem, I'll take a Panadol or I'll do something. Knowing that food is so important and understanding where you're coming from, where I dare say you're crossing the woohoo with the science, where we understand the physicality, the emotional, the spiritual, and the mental aspects of health and wellness. Knowing that you've been in this industry for so long, what are some of the biggest ahas you've had, particularly as we've been going through this rather challenging year? But from a health and wellness, both woohoo and science, what do you think is one of the greatest things that's to have come out of this year? And how do we keep driving ourselves for your purpose, which is a greater good? Uh, of humanity and a, and a really healthy community? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think the, one of the, the best things that's come out of this year is the focus on health and immunity, right? Everybody in the health and wellness space who had any product that boosted immunity, their sales, they just, products just went off the shelf, right? You included, right? Um, and, and I think that's brilliant because that, that shows that people understand that the body, um, you know, can we can do things to improve our immunity and to protect ourselves um, from viruses, not just the virus, but from viruses in general. So I think that's been really positive. I think the other really positive thing has been that everybody's just kind of had a bit of a shake-up and it's not just we've just kind of come off the hamster wheel a bit and then, you know, people have been saying to me, you know, well, I've been wanting to have my own business for a long period of time or I've been wanting to give up that job that, well, it pays well and the people I work for are all right and I can do it stood on my head, but it just doesn't light me up like it used to, you know, since I've had the kids or since I changed what I was eating and since I, you know, transformed my health, that job, you know, usually in nursing or teaching or accounting or some kind of traditional discipline, that doesn't light them up anymore. They've now found that that kind of excuse or the permission to leave that role and try something else because there's less to lose because perhaps they've been stood down or they've, um, you know, just had that opportunity to reassess things. So I think those two things are two really good things to come out of 2020 and I keep finding myself saying, oh, that's a silver lining. Oh, that's a silver lining, you know. There have been a lot of good things that have come out of this. Don't get me wrong. There's been some really horrible things that have come out of this as well, you know, and absolutely not um, dismissing that. 
but there have been a lot of um, silver linings as well in 2020. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think as, uh, as a parent and certainly as part of a family unit, one of the things I've treasured the most is being able to spend valuable time with one another that would not have happened otherwise. And that was the silver lining for me. Talk to me a little bit more about this amazing business of yours and how you saw it come to fruition and why you think so differently as to the mainstream business model. And how did you envisage this and where do you think it's going? Oh, wow. Well, um, after I, you know, because you know my background as a health coach in the traditional gym world, um, and after I'd had my health transformation and realised that the the message I'd been giving around, you know, I think one thing that women need to acknowledge is that everybody thinks they need to lose weight. I used to just think it was me. And then, you know, when you listen to every, everybody's goal in a gym is, what do you want to do? I want to lose weight and turn up. Everybody's health goal. There's never really any connection between health and migraines or health and depression or health and overwhelm or health and nausea. That that, that link between food and mood um, is 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 getting we're getting better at it. But back in the day, you know, uh, it was there was no link. So I I realized I'd been dishing out flawed advice around eating low fat high carbohydrate, uh, exercising like an idiot, calories in, calories out, all of those um, myths that we've now debunked or we have in our bubble <laughs> debunked them. But when you go out into the real world, uh, they're still very prevalent. And you're like, really? Do people really still think that, you know, exercise will make you lose weight? <laughs> like like trying to tell, you know, the 50-year-olds the at my Zumba class, which I love Zumba because I love dancing and I love the crazy Latino music and seeing all the women and being together. Um, you know, like they really believe that that's going to help them shift their menopausal belly. And it's like, well, there's a lot else. There's a lot of other things going on there, you know. So once I'd experienced that transformation and I started to share it, I got very evangelical and started blogging, even though blogging had been like done and dusted really by the time I got into the world, into the blogging world about seven years ago. But people were coming up to me, Kim, and saying, oh, my God, I've been on anti-nausea tablets for five years. What do I eat? What do I do? Help me, you know. I don't want to feel like this all the time. So I qualified as a health coach um, so I could share what I'd learned uh, and make it relevant to their lives, not just like bore them to death with every podcast that I'd listen to about, you know, the paleo primal way of living. And people loved it, Kim. They were like, oh, my God, my, my nausea is gone. I've dropped 10 kilos. I don't have that backache anymore. My brain fog is gone. I'm so much more positive. All of these amazing breakthroughs, but they were finding it hard to stick to it. You know, they'd be like, well, I did really well making everything from scratch. And, you know, you've got to meet your bloody farmer and make friends with him. And you can't just get everything from Coles anymore. You know, you've got to get, got to get all your spray free veggies, got to go to the farmer's markets. These people are working full time and they've got soccer on a Saturday and surf club on a Sunday and they've got no time and they've got to make all this stuff from scratch. They've got to soak their nuts and they've got to make their sauerkraut, stop drinking Coke, drink kombucha and all these things. It's not, it's a very hard and time consuming transition to me. And so by the time it got to Friday, they were like, oh, fluff it. I can't be asked anymore. I'm exhausted. And the kids aren't eating what I'm cooking. So I'm just going to grab a pizza and, Mom, I might as well finish off this bottle of wine. 
and where's that ice cream in the freezer? Let's just call it a day, you know. And so I just I noticed that we we really missed a lot of those products as well. So I'd made paleo. You can paleoify anything, right? You can make a healthy version of anything. Um, so I'd made pizzas and breads and cookies, and and that made us be able to stick to it without feeling like we were missing out. And you can still have those quick meals like, you know, Friday pizza night is just such a, thank goodness I don't have to cook tonight meal. Um, so I started sharing these products with, um, with my community and, and, you know, putting myself out there, like, who am I to be at the farmer's market? I don't have a chef background or a nutrition background or any kind of food background. I didn't even know you needed a license to sell food to the public. You know, I started illegal and got busted and um, kept on going, even though I thought I didn't look the part and people wouldn't trust me. And I was like this big, like fake, you know, um, imposter, like who am I at the markets? Just some random woman who knows nothing. And, but in (laughs) in the midst of all of this, this business just took a little life of its own. And luckily I didn't listen to all of those inner um, critic voices all the time but then one day and I just sat there doing nothing and I had that little gap in between one thought and the next and like that's a super fleeting semi-second right this idea just came in you need to share this business model license it share it with other people and I went me no way you know and luckily that day you know I was saying before came about having that community and that support and people to talk to I was meeting up with three of my like core besties that day. And uh, I remember having a coffee with Rosie. We have coffee every week. And uh, I said, I've got something to run by you. And she goes, come on then, tell us what it is. And I was like, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'll just drink more coffee and kind of pluck up the courage. And I was like, I think I'm going to license my business. And if she'd have gone, no, it's going to, don't be stupid. Like, oh, come on, come on, H. Like, it's good. I know what you mean. It's a good business, but I don't think so. I would have just gone, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. No, no, you're right. <laughs> what am I thinking? Who am I thinking who I am, you know? But she didn't. She went, oh, she's Scottish. She blah. oh, Hen, that's a great idea. You'll smash it. <laughs> and luckily she did because she's she's pretty, you know, she's Scottish. She's pretty, you know, spades and spades. She doesn't fl- make anything fluffy and nice. Um, but, yeah, luckily they were supportive. And, you know, I'd tell the other people at the farmer's markets what I was thinking of doing, and they'd be like, oh, that's a good idea. But you could tell that behind your back they were going, yeah, right. But I think it's just about, you know, just doing it anyway and, and pushing forward. And, you know, I launched the business um, the day after Christmas in 2016. So I launched the license. And the people who, nobody knows about this. It's not the sort of thing you would put in a Google search bar. You know, it's it's that sort of thing that you don't know you're looking for. And um, the people that when, when they come to an interview, we have an interview like this on Zoom, Kim, and, you know, they, they tell me their health story. Everybody's got their health story of, you know, whether it was infertility or, um, other kind of health crisis that they've overcome with food and how they want to get out and make a difference in the world. Like the people that this this idea has brought together are incredible. And so we, it's not my business, you know, we've co-created this together and it's caught the attention of a lot of 
influential um, wellness people like yourself and, and Joe and Cindy and, and Kirsty and, and other people who really love what we're doing and the ethics involved in the community-centric model. And they've given this business such a leg up, you know, by sharing it with their audiences and, and helping bring, you know, just a nobody from some random outback place in Western Australia to be quite a well-known brand that's liked, known and trusted now, which is amazing. I absolutely love your story and I love everything you do and I love the gumption that you've shown and never giving up and, you know, you remind me of someone who's not waited till everything's dotted and crossed but you've just gone with it and then as the wind's got more and more beneath your wings, you've learned as you've gone. So many people get paralysis by analysis when they are intuitively thinking of something but get scared that everything's not dotted and crossed and sometimes I've heard that saying so many times you're better to apologize than to ask for permission and I think sometimes if some of us could just take that little leap a bit more we may be amazed at what businesses would come about. What would be your greatest advice to someone listening to this podcast who has been following it now for some time who realizes that you know they could do with a little bit more self-love themselves or they know people who do and and maybe they could practice it a little bit better what would be your advice on how you can take better care of yourself and love yourself fully and wholly wow that's a that's another great question kim you are very good at this and uh, my advice would be keep listening to kim morrison's podcast <laughs> because <laughs> i didn't pay her i didn't pay her to say that <laughs> Because for all things self-love, it's here. Um, no, that, but that's true. That's definitely true. But um, I think, yeah, I think just on what you've just touched on, that paralysis analysis, you know, I, I've seen people who've come to me and said, well, you know, I, I want to go grain-free, but this bread's got tapioca starch in um, and there's like 10 grams of tapioca starch per slice of bread. But that tapioca starch, uh, 0.01% has got sulfites in it. So therefore, that's a bad loaf of bread. And I'm, so I'm just going to stick, you know, I'm just like this, like throw the baby out with the bathwater mentality. You know, if they're, they're on a, a certain um, path and it's not really working, it's not a really very empowering space. You don't really have a lot of energy to do, to, to, to take on the world, you know. Um, so I, I really think that paralysis analysis, don't wait for um, permission. An apolo- My mum's always said that, never wait to be, get permission. You know, she was a very um, progressive uh, lawyer uh, who was never allowed to become a solicitor because she was a woman. But she, she went as far as she could within the firm that really supported her and, and helped her, you know, do more than what you could do normally as a woman in the 70s. And she always said, just assume responsibility. Don't wait for permission. And I really love that. And that's something that's really stuck with me. And, you know, friends of mine say, oh, you take action like a ninja. You just, you just do it. And I think that, you know, that is the thing. Just bloody do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. The clarity comes in the creation. Like I didn't bloody know when I decided I was going to license a business. I didn't know anything about the licensing or the franchising world. I just knew steps one and two. I didn't know steps one to 57. Thank God I didn't because I would have gone, that's too hard. I'm not doing that. But, you know, the next step 
reveals itself when you're ready. And it's the same with any journey, whether it's food or it's business or it's a it's deepening into self-love. It's just taking those first two little micro, tiny baby steps. You know, can I just take my, you know, like after lunch today, can I just go and lie in the sunshine or sit with a cup of tea and just reflect on what's happened so far today? Can I just give myself those five minutes? Just those little things because it's those little micro bits throughout the day that kind of, you know, accumulate to create overall wellness. It's not just like one health retreat or one amazing cooked meal. It's like those little bits of, I call them like a glue that like kind of bring your day together and help your mental health as well. The tapioca starch of life, the bits that help us be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're a mum. You're a beautiful wife. Tell us from a family perspective, how do you do it all? How do you run a business, manage 125 people, grow your business, and also support your customer? You know, you're very hands-on. You're an amazing soul. You give a hell of a lot of yourself. How do you do all of this and maintain your relationships and be the best mum and wife you can possibly be? Well, you know what? I think the the family, um, so... You know, we were talking originally about values and knowing what you want. And my three core values are food and work and family and home. And all of the, those three values, they all are intrinsically linked to each other. So I left my corporate career so I could be with my kids. And I'm so glad I did because even though it feels like you're in the trenches for forever, like it's gone, like poof blink of an eye and now they're nearly well one's a teenager one's nearly a teenager and they're just so independent and off doing their own thing and I'm so glad I recreated my life to to be around them but they really help to balance everything out because when you get so passionate in your business and so driven and on, on purpose it's really easy to just work a lot you know because when you're doing something that's on purpose or something that's um like your your divine your reason for being your life's work you don't get tired doing that right you could work all the time you could do podcasts all day long and then spend all night chatting to everybody on instagram and sharing stuff it's so much fun you know so i love that um that family takes you away from that right and gives you some balance and perspective and i'm a big routine queen so everything in my life is scheduled. And um, this, my mum used to be like this too, you know, like Thursday night was bath night and, you know, Friday night was pork pie and a, and a glass of beer night and, and she looked forward to it. I'm like, don't get bored of having the same thing every week, mum. Don't, don't you show more spontaneity in your life, mum? It's like, no, I like my routine. And it's funny how you become like your mum. Hi, mum, she'll probably listen to this one as well. But, um, yeah, I'm a big routine queen, so I have little special intimate times with everybody that's really important to me. That's scheduled in. It's not like, um, oh, I haven't connected with my daughter this week because we already have set a set time every Wednesday where she hangs out with me and I take her to school and we play cool songs in the car or she'll chat to me or sometimes we're just quiet and that's our time and then I have my coffee with my bestie and then I have, a spa, we've got a spa, we've always had a spa. That's our key to um, successful marriage is to have a spa 
uh, to talking, right? So to, to get a glass of wine or a cold beer and to get out of the house and away from the kids and away from your phones binging and dinging and ringing and just to get outside either, you know, on a beautiful sunset or under the stars, just have a chat. And sometimes it's just life admin. Can you pick Millie up from school? Don't forget to sign that form. And have you got that form done yet and been there? And sometimes it's bigger stuff. And just having that connection, making time for that is what keeps us together. And I guess the other key thing for for the family, for me, that's so important, is food and coming together around the table morning and night. I don't really give a shit what they eat during the day. They're teenagers now, right? They, you know, I can't have so much control over it. Neither do I want to micromanage them. But the bookends of the day, breakfast and dinner, super nutrient dense. We're together around the table. We have a no toys at the table rule, which used to be for like, you know, Barbies and Thomas the Tank Engines, which has now become iPads and phones. And having that no toys for, for parents as well, you know, and then the kids will keep us in check. Mom. No toys at the table. I'm just trying to organize a podcast with Kimmy. And you put it away <laughs> and you're present and we, t- and we talk. Um, yeah, so I think that's key for that. Uh, so having routines but also having really good boundaries. So, for example, letting people know how to get hold of you, letting people know how you can support them um, and just making it really clear that don't ring me with a query, you know, Go to the Facebook group. I can't get phone calls from 125 women every day. Just wouldn't work. The business wouldn't grow. Let's all support each other over here in this Facebook group. And um, so just guiding people as to how you can best support them so you don't burn yourself out. And I guess the other thing, and I've only learned this this year, and it's a really good one, Kim, but you know you said you give a lot of yourself. I I read somewhere um, from a friend of mine, Carly Marie, who said, you, you show up with 100%, but you don't need to give away 100%. And I thought, oh, that's good. You don't need to be drained, you know, when you move away from a conversation. But you show up for everything, whether it's dropping your daughter off at school, having that time with her, or whether it's a podcast with you or a catch-up with the Primalisters like we had before this. You show up with 100%, but you don't need to give it away. You can still keep it. I love that. I love it. As a therapist, I used to, I had a mentor teach me that you basically visualize um, unzipping that person's aura, stepping into their aura, being with them fully present in that aura. But the most important thing is when you're finished is to actually mindfully disconnect and zip it back up before you leave. And it's something I've practiced before every talk, before every podcast, before every time I give I visualize zipping and unzipping my connection to that. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. 100% in it in that moment is profound. I want to ask you the next thing. If you were to say that anybody in your life was a hero or people, living or dead, or anyone in your life, someone that's had a profound impact or people that have had profound impacts and you had the opportunity to thank them, or to say something about them that other people could learn from? What would that be or who would they be? Oh, that's a good question as well. But, um, you know, I'm not a – it's funny. It's one question we used to get asked at school as well, and people would say, oh, it's Margaret Thatcher or it's Florence Nightingale. Or, you know, these – and I've never really had 
those like big landmark influences that have changed the course of my life. It's been people along the way, and there's there's lots of them along the way, who've um, said something to you um, about a certain location that's made made that sort of stick in your head. Albany, why? That's that's a strange place. Then you're living there, or it's been people who've introduced new concepts um, to you that have really um, you know put your life on a different trajectory. But I guess it, front of mind for the people I would want to thank sort of relating to my what we've talked about today would be first of all my mum or my mam as I say me mam uh, because she is the epitome of constant self-love constant self-development she's always curious to learn even though she's 75 and she probably knows everything um you know she's always doing another little self-development course she teaches yoga she's retired She's great. She's she's very much like your kind of blue zone life people. You know, she's like, Helen, alcohol is a joy of life. You know, and, and they drink and they love it, but they don't get blotto and they don't have hangovers and they eat amazing foods. And, you know, they, they did a tour of New Zealand and one of the highlights was um, rating each brownie that they had in each cafe. And they would rate that. And then <laughs> just, just like getting so much joy from the simplest of things that most of us would just be like, whatever, it's a brownie moment, a coffee shop, big deal. But, you know, finding the joy in little things. And I guess the two people who've been most instrumental to Primal Alternative would be Joe Whitten from Quirky Cooking, who loved what we, what we were doing back in 2017. Like, my goodness, within the first 12 months, Joe was like, I like what you're doing. I'm going to share this with my amazingly perfectly aligned lovely audience and we make products with joe and have become very very close friends over the last few years and also chef pete evans who is the best world leading paleo chef um you know and we worked with pete for a couple of years and he really transformed the primal alternative brand to his 1.5 million paleo loving audience um, so those are the people I would really like to thank, um, yeah, for where we are today. It's beautiful. And the fact that you've brought him up, Chef Pete Evans, he's he's certainly been getting a hammering lately and a lot of people are, well, it seems to be not a lot, but a number of people seem to be, you know, willing to try and tear strips off him and, and put him in a place that probably those of us that know him don't think he deserves. How do you feel about seeing things like that with someone that we know in our community is being ripped apart a little bit? How does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel flat, just so flat. That's the funk that I've been in that I'm just starting to see uh, a way out of. But, yeah, flat and sad. It's one of those things that you wake up on a morning, you're like, oh, and then you go, oh, yeah, that there's that happening, you know. And um, I think... The situation with Pete is just a no-win situation. It's um, on either side. What, whether you think you, whether you think he's a neo-Nazi, which for God, I do. You know, you know him obviously very close on a personal level. You married him and his wife, and I know him very well on a personal level. And you know, when I saw that picture of the caterpillar and the butterfly, I was like, oh yeah, just evolving. We're evolving from this to that. And that's what I took it as. I had to look up what a neo-Nazi was as well. Like, I don't, I don't know. I know Pete isn't that, 
But I tell you what, there is so much hatred on either side of the fence. You know, we've been boycotted for working with Pete. We've been boycotted for mutually and amicably bringing the um, collaboration to an end. Either either way, we've been boycotted, you know. But what, what happened for us is that um, because of the producers, you know, they're the prime listers are at farmers markets with products with Pete's face on the front, and you know they they might be able to uh, hold their own in an argument about why we should activate our almonds and why we should be eating paleo bread over a regular bread, but we're just not really equipped to deal with the conversations that Pete is having in the world. He's so courageous. He's such a free thinker. He's asking such amazing questions, but we don't know really the answers to them. And the primalistas were getting a lot of verbal abuse at markets just for that association. And, you know, they try and say, oh, well, you know, these recipes are Helen's recipes and, and I made them. And Pete just helps us by like basically promoting us for free all the time to his audience. And then you know what? The royalties that he gets, which was a dollar per product, he gives them to charity. It's like, how could you argue with that? How could you think he was a bad human? But you just can't have that argument with people. They don't care. They just see a product with his face on it and they think that, you know, it's come from his factory, that you're just mass selling something on and that you're a neo-Nazi because you must agree with every single thing that Pete's ever said. Um, And it just got into a situation where it was dangerous for people to be, you know, it's, it's all right for me. I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere, took behind a computer screen. But they were really worried, you know, to, showing up at the markets and, and getting that verbal abuse from haters, just so much hate. And I, I just can't fathom it. I look at both sides of the argument and I just think, what's, go- what's going on? Like it's just a no-win, super polarizing, polarizing is, is definitely the, the, the word to kind of label the whole thing, a bit like the vaccine debate, you know, like if, if you're pro or against, you just don't talk about it because you don't want to get into that conversation with somebody who's on the opposite because you're not going to change their mind. They're just going to keep, burr, burr, burr. and I just didn't want to contribute to more of that hate. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think sometimes when the world is going through pain or when a community is going through pain or when something's not going the way we all wish it would, there seems to be the scapegoat mentality that occurs as part of human nature. Someone needs to carry the can. Someone needs to be the person that we can all hate or dislike or blame or put our energy into so that we take the focus off what really needs to be done or what could be done. And I've watched this, watching my husband play international sport, when the team's doing great, everybody's on top of the world, everybody loves the team, loves the coach, loves the players. But the minute they start losing or the minute that, you know, the coach's head's now on the block or someone in the team should be dropped or I remember when Danny was playing, Helen, I was a therapist and I was working in this, but I'd have people come in and tell me to talk to the head of New Zealand cricket to tell them what they should. One guy came in and swore black and blue. I needed to go to the coach and tell him that the problem with the New Zealand cricket team is they needed to go pig hunting so that they could learn strength, stamina, uh, consistency, persistence, uh, and how to see better and all of these things. And I'm just standing there going, how am I going to go and talk to the head of New Zealand cricket or the coach of New Zealand cricket? 
It just, but I realized he just wanted to vent and he wanted to vent with someone close to the game. So what I've learned is that because this conversation around COVID is very health and vaccine orientated, then anybody in either of those industries, there's going to be a massive fuel behind the fire. And yeah, we have to make a decision whether or not we're willing to buy into it or stand up for it. Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to be the person who takes the hate for it or whatever? Either way, there's polarizing thoughts. But my feelings around it, and I'd love to hear yours on this, mine has been that there's always polar opposites. Wherever there's love, there is hate. Wherever there's war, there's freedom. Wherever there's high, there's low. Wherever there's hot, there's cold. We can't have one without the other, in fact. We can't understand what one is without the other. So what's your take on someone sitting there not knowing what is truth or what is reality or what they should or shouldn't be doing? What is your take? from a spiritual and physical and emotional level, what is your take on this? I think you've just got to trust, you know, like there's opinions. There's so many opinions. They're just, you know, they're like buttholes, right? Everyone's got an opinion. Um, They're just, they're everywhere. So if you're trying to like listen to that opinion and then, then there's this opinion, I think for me the key is to, again, go back to that intuition, go to that knowing that gut feeling, what feels best, what feels what feels right, what feels like it's truth. You don't know. Like you say, it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. You don't know. But you need to kind of, yeah, work out your stance on it. And I think the best way to do that is just to feel what feels right. And also, if you've been following somebody like Pete and like I do and absorb everything that he says, I think, He's amazing. Like I seriously couldn't love the man more. I yeah, feel really, really sad about everything that's happened. And I don't know how he copes with the flack. It's not, you know, it's not new. <laughs> he gets so much shit all the time. You know, we've, we've had very small numbers of um, complaints, as I say, both, on both sides. Um, and it's been very traumatic to deal with it, you know. So I don't know how he does it. You need to interview him and find out how he does that because we, that would be really interesting to know. And I really do admire how he, um, how he rides the storms. But I think if you've been following something very extreme in one way, a really good thing is to follow the absolute opposite of that. So I started following a few of the, you know, the, the opposite thinkers. And then I find that the truth that you believe, some of lands somewhere usually in the middle maybe a little bit more to one side than the other, but um, it's good to kind of see it all and then see what feels best for you and also allow yourself, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not keeping on top of it. I, I'm not aware because it's, it was bringing me down a little bit this year. All of the what ifs, what, what could happen? Are we going to lose our freedoms? you know, what, what's going, what would the world look like then? And then, you know, as a mother, what's the world going to look like in bloody 50 years time when I'm gone and they're still here, you know, you start to think that everybody's thought that, but then I think it's okay to take a break from the big wide world and everything that's going on. And, you know, we've been very fortunate in living in Australia, in Western Australia. It's, we've had a little bit of a lockdown. The schools were off for a little bit, but other than that, Unless you were reading the news, you would not know about coronavirus. It's not affected our community. A little bit of hand sanitizer and only two people can go to certain events and not the whole family, which has been a bit of a bummer. But other than that, no big changes. And so just to feel that 
gratitude for whatever situation you're in. And your my mum's the opposite. They've been in the UK practically in lockdown since March. And she's had to give up her yoga classes. My dad's a big singer. He sings in big barbershop groups. They travel the country. That's his thing. You know, they can't do that. He, you're not allowed to sing. You sing, but you have to turn away. You can sing to one person, but you have to turn away from them in case you spit on them by mistake, you know. So they've, they've had stuff happen, and, and, and where they are in the UK has been very hit by the virus, but they've focused as well on the things they can do, like getting out into nature, taking a walk, making nice food together. Um, they've transformed the dining room into a gym. Mum's got a rebounder. Dad's got one of those virtual bike things. And so I think it's it's a case of, you know, making the most of a shitty situation and being grateful for the freedoms that you do have instead of getting it's okay to not want to just be on top of the news all the time because it's freaking scary and depressing. You're so right. I think the news, one of the best things that we did was turn the news off and every now and again I'll have someone say, I was meant to be flying to Adelaide today and it was only when someone said to me, did you not realise that Adelaide's gone back into shutdown? I had no idea. And then all of a sudden my phone said to me the flights have changed. So I, I'm oh, wow. not always aware of what's happening out there either and I quite like it. It's not saying it's right, it's not saying it's wrong, but sometimes switching off from it is beautiful. Look, I, I know you and I could talk for hours and we've had some beautiful laughs, we've shed tears, and we also know how hard both of us you know, give and, and and I'm going to take on your show up 100%. Don't always have to give 100%. I love that. But if there, if there was a person listening to this that went, I'd really love to become a primal lister. I'd really love an opportunity to work with someone like Helen. Could you just explain to us briefly what that would look like or how they could go about doing that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's super easy. Uh, so you can, the first thing would be to go and uh, have a look at the primal alternative website and you'll see all the products, you'll see what the products are made of, the macros, the prices, and how the license works. So what you get with it is very basic. It's a very simple cottage industry style, ye olde baking business, right? Um, brought together essentially just with modern technology. So you see exactly what you get. The next step, once you've sussed it all out, and I really am a big one for putting everything out there, prices, margins, webinars, case studies of how people have used this model because, you know, it's um, there's no hierarchy. There's no, like, top salesperson of the month or any crap like that. You know, everybody's got their own version of what a thriving business looks like to them. And that's based on loads of different things, you know, whether they've got another job or they've got family or how much time they've got and how much energy they want to put into this. So anything goes. You know, there's all sorts of different ways you can use this model. And once you've sustained that out. Um, the next step is to have a chat with me. I do. In, I interview absolutely everybody who is thinking of becoming a producer because these are the people who are going out as the face of Primal Alternative. So we need to make sure that I'm honouring the Primal Alternative business by making sure that um, the new Primalists coming in are a good fit. But in that interview as well, we'll it's a very much a, like a due diligence strategy session as opposed to a sales call. So we'll be looking at, you know, the stockists in your area. Um, have they been approached by another primalister already? Um, is there enough viability for you to come on in that area? How much money do you want to make? Um, and have you got the time to put into the business? Um, so that's how the interview looks. And then really once we're both keen and usually by the time they get to the interview, they're ready, they, they'll want to do it, you know, and it's very exciting. 
And they can be up and running in anything from two weeks to two months is the norm to be actually earning money and um, staying at home, baking bread for the community. And a lot of the primalistas tell me that the cash flow is so quick because it's an established brand and people already know about it and people want to put in orders. I love it. I know how you're getting more and more successful because not only when I place an order, just how beautiful it is to meet the person that's made my products when they drop it off but also my local deli come little mini supermarket to to go there and see in the fridge or in the freezer you know private alternative breads and cookies and the pastries and the pizza bases and oh my gosh all of the things that I love are there so if I am in a rush and I think oh I haven't got time to put an order in it's just such a treat to know I can race up the road and grab it straight out of the freezer from my local and that's only just happened in the last, you know, this year. So I just want to congratulate you because that is certainly a mark of of growth and and certainly your local primalistas here are just delicious and I just love them and I'm very grateful. <laughs> and I have to rave about your cookies. Um, my daughter said, oh, I said to my daughter, what do you want for Christmas? And she said, I want primal alternative cookies. <laughs> You're <laughs> kidding. No, she, <laughs> she loves the chocolate chip cookies. Um, and I love the keto when I was doing the keto diet, my husband loves those as well. And that was just like, you know, you've really created an opportunity for us to feel like we're still having treats. We can make our pizza. We've got the beautiful Joe Witten's pastry that I love to make my chicken pies and all of those different things. So I just want to say to you, thank you from my heart and on behalf of every single customer of yours, how privileged and honored and proud that we feel of you and what you've done and how far you've grown in this, in this amazing market and through these times. Um, so just so thank you, and I and I want to really to really reiterate that of how incredible you are and how amazing it is to see the growth that you've created. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Kim. That's amazing. Well, I hope you know on those funky days that it's people like us that are sitting here going, just like you did opening up talking about 28 products. I just think, isn't it beautiful that we have companies that we feel mutually proud of, but also we know makes a difference in the lives and and health of of people that follow us. Um, And so I really want to encourage you to keep going through those funks no matter what. And we've got you back and we're always here for you too. If there was one final message or, um, or actually before we go to your final message, just to, for, to reiterate the, the, the website address, primalalternative.com.au. Is no, it with, just, no, dot just com. Dot com. That's yeah. right. So just yeah. dot .com, primalalternative.com. To follow you on the social media pages, could you give us those? Primal Alternative. Just straight that, isn't it? Yeah. And that's on Facebook and Instagram. I love following you guys there. I just want to make sure we get the address right. And also, you know, coming into, I just want to say hi to your mum if she does listen to this and your dad. Mm -hmm. um, They sound extraordinary. And just going back to where you were talking about them, I love their whole thing of making do with what you've got, not whinging about what we haven't got. And I think that was something that also shows me the spunk and the unbelievable tenacity that you have and you have shown. So I just want to honour your mum and dad for raising such a beautiful soul and how lucky we are to have you in Australia sorry England the UK sorry but we've got you Um, but if there was a final message either to a person who's looking for love that is within themselves maybe they're in a funk themselves maybe they're feeling great in life what would be your message to them or your wish and desire for the beautiful souls that we get to communicate with 
Well, I think this has been a quote of the week, Kim, and uh, one of my friends, Tracy McBee, tagged you in it, actually. Well, she tagged me and then I credited you in it. But it's a, a saying that you said to me, um, and it was about 18 months ago, and I was interviewing you for my podcast, and you do the usual, come on with your wonderful nurturing energy and just make me go, Mila. And um, before we hit record, I was sharing some things that were challenging in my business, which looking back 18 months ago were nothing compared to navigating a a fledgling business and lots of business owners through a global pandemic and then dealing with um, Pete Evans' situation, which has been very full-on, as I'm sure it has for him, but it's been very full-on for us. So looking back at what was stressing me out back then, it's like that was nothing. But how that prepares you, right, for the next thing. Um, And you said to me, and this is my quote, uh, actually, it's three, but this is the, the first one is you might be the most amazing peach tree with the most ripest peaches, and not everybody likes peaches. So it doesn't like matter, doesn't matter what you do, you can't please all the people all the time. Um, and I think that's something I say all the time to primalistas if they get you know negative feedback on the products. I know who are these people out there, but there is the one or two times we've had negative feedback. Um, you know, or, or stockists or, you know, they want this, but they don't want that. You can't please all the people all the time and that's fine. And then it really comes down to the one I said to you before, that opinions are just like buttholes, right? Everyone's got one and don't listen to those people's opinions because you're just trying to live by their values and just bringing it right back to how we started. It's know what your values are, know what's important to you and then you won't say these opinions and the things people say, it'll still sting because that's how we're hardwired as humans to have that negativity bias. You just said all that nice stuff to me then. I can't remember what you said, but I can remember word for word the nasty email that I got last week from somebody, you know, and that's just how we're wired. But to keep focusing on our values, not giving too much of a shit about what other people say and just trusting the knowingness within us to just, take that next step it's beautiful which led us right back to the beginning when you were talking about that beautiful inner intuitive voice and really honoring that amazing knowledge that inner wisdom that we all have right yeah absolutely Helen Marshall you are a divine peach as far as I'm concerned (laughs) a delicious juicy ripe amazing peach on the biggest peach tree in the universe you say it better (laughs) I think you're incredible and I feel very um very sure that those that beautiful community that you've got uh is just going to continue to grow and thrive and I just thank you for hanging in there thank you also for your time today I know it's precious And I really want to say uh, from my heart to yours, thank you also for being a friend in the wellness world. Sometimes it's lonely when we go out there on a limb and sometimes it can get a bit scary and funky, as you say. But I know that the community we all have, if any one of us reached out to the other in a funk, I feel like that each one of us has got our backs. So thank you also for being a beautiful friend and, and a wellness advocate that we all look up to. Likewise. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.